Welcome to Deep Spirituality. We're glad to have everybody listening today, and we hope you've been enjoying uh, by going to our www.deepspirituality.net, I think it is, uh, site, and you're enjoying our DIY YouTubes, especially if you've got teenagers or middle schoolers, or if you're an adult who wants to stay young, you could be checking those out, and uh, those are very, very uh, effective, I think. I've watched them. Uh, for all kinds of kids. And also, if you have children with special needs, we've seen a lot of success uh, with uh, kids with uh, and even and adults with special needs being able to utilize uh, the DIYs uh, in the form of YouTube. So today, uh, this is our Deep Spirituality podcast, and we've got what we think is going to be a good one for you. Uh, and my name is Russ Ewell. We've got Nick Straw. We've got Mike Query, and and one of our producers is sick, so we have our second producer, who's normally the star of DIY, Cameron Straw, sitting in, and he's going to be handling the production aspect of things. From the bench. From the bench, that's exactly right, uh, where a lot of us spend time in high school and basketball. But uh, today, we uh, we were going to, let me tell you a story first to get us started. These guys don't know the story. So I was, uh, I went to a Christian bookstore years ago and, uh, I went to the bookstore and I found this book. Um, it was something about being in a hurry or whatever and about a relationship with God. And I got into the car with the guy I was with, friend of mine that I was with, and we were headed home and, uh, we were, uh, uh, on George Washington Parkway, I think it is, or something like that. I can't remember what it, Rock, Rock Creek Parkway in Washington, DC. And we were driving along. And I was like, hey, I'm really curious about this book because I saw the beginning of it when I bought it. I went and I started reading the intro and I started going through and he said and, and the, the author started off something like this. He said, uh, this is a book about taking time to know God. This is a book about slowing down and giving God your heart, your mind, your time. If you're reading this book in an airport on an air on an airport on the way to your flight, if you're reading this book, in, you know, in the car as you're driving along, then you're exactly who I've written this book for because you're going too fast. You're doing too much. <laughs> and you're not slowing down for God. And when I read it, we laughed in the car because we were like, I was doing exactly what you're not supposed to do for a relationship <laughs> with God. Throughout my Christian life, and we're going to find out what the other guys think, one of the great challenges that I've faced uh, is uh, burnout, exhaustion, spiritual exhaustion. And what I've learned is that it doesn't come because of uh, being a Christian is so hard. First John 5 says that the things God asks are not really that hard. It comes because a lot of my energy goes into changing my behavior and trying to change from the outside in rather than from the inside out. So today, we're going to talk about spiritual burnout. And if you're in your car, if you're listening to this while you're uh, in the backyard uh, preparing that great steak, grass-fed is what Cameron prefers. Uh, if you're uh, about to watch your favorite college football team play uh, and you're listening just to get you know your mind and heart ready in a quiet time or a devotional, and you feel that sense of tiredness and fatigue, um, don't want to read your Bible anymore, you're getting tired of praying, getting tired of going to church, getting tired of listening to sermons, this is exactly the podcast for you. So I'm going to start off by asking Mike and Nick, have they ever felt burned out? I've ever not felt burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel burnout a lot. I mean, I think for me, it, spiritual burnout is a helpful term just to know it exists because I can not always catch myself when I'm in a space where I'm, I've been doing so much that I don't even know where my heart is, heart is at. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do, do, do. And sometimes I get burnt out. Usually a sign for me, I'm spiritually burnt out. You know, I'm just, I'm really mopey, lethargic, just wanting to quit, attitudinal. Uh, people, everyone who talks to me has to like really work just to get it, something out of me. And that's mm-hmm. usually because I've gotten so discouraged from just trying to do the right thing, even if it's, you know, a small amount of time. But for me, it feels like a long time. Um, 
and you know, I know that the title we're going to dive more into in a little bit, but behavior modification. I mean, I think that's uh, it's been difficult for me to learn how to live a way that's not based entirely on you know what I do determines what kind of a person I am. Well, why do you I think it's do. been difficult? Um, I think because it's just a lot easier to think of things that way. You know, like what I, how good a job did I do? That's that's kind of uh, I don't know, sort of ingrained in me. To think that way. Why is that ingrained? Do you think? I don't know. Let's see. I think about that. I think combination of um, ways that I grew up, maybe not really talking to people, but just watching how they behaved and right. watching things that other people either got lifted up for or pat on the backs for. Like, right. oh, he he did X, so doing X gets you, you know, this amount of attention yeah. or something. You know, so. Yeah. I've gone through phases in my life where I, I wanted, you know, explicit attention, you know, like spotlight type attaboy stuff. Right. Um, and other times where I shunned that, but I still needed people or some sort of affirmation or, or at least like nowadays I feel like it's, I need to know that people aren't mad at me or people aren't unhappy with me. You right. Know? And so that, um, I can, in my mind pride myself on, okay, I don't want to be the superstar. So I'm, I must be better. But but really, it's just this sort of the same heart. Like I, I need how people view me means a lot. and It means too much. Um, yeah. So I, you know, when I was growing up, it was all about um, I, I some somewhere on the line, I associated achievement and success at whatever I was pursuing uh, as the way to get uh, positive attention. And as I've matured and grown up, which I probably didn't grow up till I was thirty, but mm-hmm. uh, as I've matured and grown up. I realized that I was looking for love mm-hmm. and that, that I, I, I took the path of behavior thinking, well, if I behave, I, I, you know, people will like me and, and, and admire me. And, and even in those words, I couldn't get to love. Like right. that what I was right. really looking for was someone to care about me. It wasn't a matter of, was I a star or was I important? Did I achieve the right school or whatever? It right. was, it was love. And I think sometimes as guys, men, we don't often talk about uh, how important it is to know the difference between achievement and the pursuit of it and love and the pursuit of that. And mm. I think uh, part of it is when you're growing up as a guy, especially in in decades earlier decades than this one, I don't think there was a lot of time put into helping a guy understand that uh, their emotional life or their emotional need. And so we just translated into well if i go hit a home run right everybody cheers <laughs> right. i'm loved right, right? Uh, right. so what are you thinking nick i'm thinking just to answer that question what spiritual burnout i feel like it's when i'm at a point where i feel like i can't win like i'm doing to your point like again it was getting good grades it was you know scoring a lot of points on the basketball court or get a lot of playing time and it was that but i think how that translates to now is doing a lot of chores at the house, trying to make breakfast or dinner for the family and, and doing these behavioral things and thinking, okay, this is going to be a close marriage because of those things, but I could do all those things and my wife can still not feel close to me or I'm serving in the community in some way or helping someone else or teaching somebody about the Bible. I'm doing these things, but I'm not slowing down enough to really, uh, realize what everything is going on inside the emotions that I'm feeling going undealt with, whether it's disappointment or, or guilt or anger or, or whatever it might be, sadness, loneliness. Um, and so instead of dealing with that, I'm running around doing a lot of things in 
but not really putting the and thinking that is going to get me that closeness or that sense of family um, or that love. I agree with that. Um, I think I settle for those and deceive myself that those um, behaviors, those actions are going to get me that because that's for me, it's easier to do. It's easier to make breakfast than to actually think about my my heart and what's going on inside and what I really feel. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, man. I've had your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying it's good. I just said I, I do it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, Nick. And you can serve me breakfast anytime. Um, today we're going to talk about more of this in regard to again spiritual burnout, and these are kind of clumsy words, but couldn't find anything better. Religious behavior modification versus spiritual heart transformation. But what I want to start out with is the scripture. And we're going to try to put a number of scriptures in there. So bear with us because we're going to read through it. I'm going to get Mike to read this one for us. It's in Galatians 3, 1 through 4 in the New Living Translation. And what I want you to listen for is, do you ever experience, because I I do uh, and I have, do you ever experience the frustration described in this passage? Go ahead, Mike. Kim, you want to hit me with the uh, ambient music behind the... O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? When I read this passage, and I want to see what these guys think uh, about it, is the first word that came to my mind was frustration. And I do think that in, in my life, whether as a younger Christian, as a you know medium young Christian, older Christian, whatever it is, one of the indicators that I've gotten involved in behavior modification, meaning acting on the outside in a way that I wasn't operating on the inside, is frustration and stress. Getting stressed out about being a Christian, getting stressed out reading the Bible, getting stressed out when I'm praying, getting stressed out about the questions someone might ask me about my spiritual life. All of that was beginning to happen and happened in my life at several points because I was learning behavior modification and my heart wasn't really involved and there wasn't a reward. I mean, a lot of times there's not a reward for a heart because ultimately it's about what you said, Nick, it's about winning. So if I'm winning, I'm doing the right thing and I'm getting it done. But do any, can any of you see frustration in that passage? Can you feel any of that? Yeah, I, I can feel it. But like in verse three, it says, how foolish can you be? I mean, I, that speaks to me because I think about how like the times where I've felt probably most uh, secure or confident or close to people, like just if I just quickly recap the, the highlights of my life, like there were actually the times where I feel like I was messing up the most right? and most like embraced right, yeah. by people. Yes. Right. Like even at the peak of, you know, when I was really going after trying to study the Bible and people were studying scriptures with me and I was examining my life and seeing things that I was kind of trying not to look at for a long time. And I started to sort of embrace the depths at which I had impacted people for the negative, you know, that, and then seeing all the forgiveness that came after that, like yes. it, there's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing I can think of at that point that I was like, man, I sure was killing it in this area. <laughs> there's almost like none of that, you know, and, and that's been true. So the foolish part stands out to me because I, I can remember that. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get happy if I can just 
you know, do well, if I can just nail these things, like, I'm like, I just can't seem to learn it, even though it's been proven already true right, in right. the past. So can't seem to learn what, uh, that, tr- you know, doing well, never hurting anybody's feelings, you know, always, you know, checking all the boxes that I need to, uh, thinking that that is what's going to get me, make me secure, make me, uh, closer to my wife, you yeah. know, make me, uh, have more friends. Let or, me put a label on that or a, a word on that. How about performance? Yeah. Yeah, Thinking yeah, that the, it, it, it always, I mean, I know what you mean. Right. It, it, I've, I've been in the exact same place. You, you're, you're messing up. You're hurting people's feelings. You're, you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> right. You finally deal with it all. It's very emotional. It's very stressful. People forgive you and you're like, oh man, you feel like you're being born again. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I don't mean that in that old 1980s phrase way. I mean, sure. you know, you feel like you've really been like renewed. It's like, yeah. oh wow, I got a new life. Right. And then what is it? Maybe six weeks later, three weeks later, it's like, okay, three weeks I've got is generous. To, three weeks is generous. I got to really, I got to really perform. What do you think, right. Nick? What, what strikes you? Can you see any frustration or feel any frustration there? Yeah. The foolish part stuck out to me too. Cause, um, I, I agree with Mike. It's those moments where actually I'm more messy and not performing when I'm crying more or need to apologize more or, or having real conversation about what's really going on right. uh, with me and with, and with other people that when I really feel close and I think I feel foolish in those moments because I, I can reflect on two months prior and be like, well, what was I doing? You know, I was trying to do the right thing yeah. and I was putting a lot of effort in, but it was completely fruitless because it, it lacked a lot of uh, honesty. So I think um, that's what stands out to me. I think when I'm not being foolish, now, and I'm going to be looking honest. for you, both of you, since you picked foolish, I'm going to be looking for both of you to tell me a story that's real <laughs> about that foolishness. I need a real story about that foolishness because everybody sitting out there listening, they want to hear a real story about that foolishness. Let me tell you what strikes me in this passage is it's it is I agree with you. How foolish can you be? That stands out. But the sentence after it applies to me after starting your new lives in the spirit. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And I remember one of the things that I began to realize in my early Christian life I was no good at was being disciplined. I mean, I, I just could not be disciplined. I mean, it was such a struggle. And I would buy calendars. I would get, you know, journals. I would d- graph things. I would, I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I had, I'd go to stationery stores and office supply stores. Uh, of course, I, I was doing this before the internet existed, you know, uh, right. so I couldn't watch a DIY YouTube on how to be disciplined. But <laughs> I, I would do all this work. I mean, I would really, really work and then I'd be totally undisciplined. Right. So I, uh, early on, I was invited, uh, early on when I sort of became a leader, which it's hard to say I became a leader because I went up and down so many times. I'm not sure I'm, I'm a leader yet. But I, uh, I, one of my, one of my buddies, I won't use his name so he doesn't have to, it doesn't have to claim the experience. It was Nick, but, but it wasn't any, of you. <laughs> uh, we were, uh, I was invited to speak at a, a, a conference, a spiritual conference. Right. And, uh, we spent the night together. We were still college students. We spent the night together at his dorm room and we were going to ca- get up in the morning and catch a bus with all the other people who are going to be going to the conference. And we were staying up late like college students and goofing off. We woke up and we had missed the bus. <laughs> now, here's the hard part. I was going to be like the main speaker. Oh, gosh. I, you know, stressing so, me out. So we, we, we missed the bus. And right then I was like, I, you know, I've had, I bought my calendars. I've, I've got my graphs. I've got a new watch. I did all <laughs> these things, but I was still totally undisciplined. I mean, it just, right. it, it amazes me how undisciplined I was. So we're, we, we grab our stuff together. Uh, my buddy calls up another one of our friends and we borrow his car because neither one of us owned a car and we start driving. 
because we had to go to another state. We had to go to like New Hampshire. So we start driving. And of course, there's we, no cell phones. They don't exist. There's no cell phones. There's no internet. There's no mapping right. software. You're just in the wild on your own. So I'm, <laughs> we're driving along and we're cruising. And, 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 you know, I got my suit on and everything. And, and I go, oh, no. I forgot my dress shoes. And so I'm sitting there and I got no dress shoes. So we get to the place and we have to borrow, I have to borrow someone's dress shoes, put them on. And I walk in as I'm walking in, it's right before this. It's a song right before I'm supposed to get up and speak. I lived that way for so long throughout my twenties, totally undisciplined. And I kept making so much effort. And I remember being, I'm talking extremely discouraged. Right. I was like, I will never pull my life together. Because I couldn't manage the discipline. So when I read that, I see human effort. I go, I did everything humanly possible. And what's funny is a guy pulled me aside and he said, yeah, you're having trouble with all this discipline, aren't you? I said, I don't know what else to do. He goes, you know, discipline comes from the Holy Spirit. And he quoted 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 to me. And he said, it's a spirit of discipline. Mm. He goes, have you ever considered that you're not going to become disciplined until you become spiritual? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, when I heard that, I went, I've been working on all this outside stuff. But I never worked on any of the inside stuff. And so it made me completely frustrated because I'm telling you, every day, every sin, every area of my character, I failed because of a lack of discipline. It was incredible. (laughs) So that's my frustration story. You guys got a foolish story? Oh, man. Where do I start? I could start a podcast on my foolish story. <laughs> well, no better time than now. Oh, man. We're sitting back and listening with, you know, brightened ears. Foolishness, man. I mean, well... Yeah, I mean, I can think of a, I mean, I thought of a more of a performance story, like a literal performance. Sounds good. Uh, it was a, it was a music performance. So we were, we were going to do a song and it was going to be in front of a crowd and it was, the song was going to be myself. Again, I won't name names, but the other person was going to. Bono? Um, <laughs> 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 well, we gotta Go pay, ahead, Mike. You we got to pay now. royalties now. But um, yeah, so me and this other guy and we were going to um, uh, do this performance and it was going to be an acoustic number. I was going to play guitar. And he was going to sing. And so I'm, as we talk, I'm trying to see what lessons I need to learn from this. I don't really know. So I'm just going to say this story. Yeah, so you want to hear your story. We're so, excited. So we're practicing. And so one lesson probably pride because I feel like, like oh, we're, it's not going to be hard. It's, this isn't a full band song. This is a guitar and a singer. Like it shouldn't be minimal practice. Minimal. So, minimal practice. So, um, so maybe that's the foolish part because we get together maybe two or three times. And uh, I think we were doing a cover of a Bruce Springsteen song. And oh, so, now we're so talking. Get, <laughs> the story <laughs> gets you that one. now. But uh, so, I, I mean, I learned the chords and separately, we're practicing separately. He okay. learns the words. All right. And uh, we come, when we come together, I'm like, all right, let's just run through it. Yeah. Play the chord. It's like, I don't remember what song it was, but um, oh, that's I'm like, oh, this is sounding, this is sounding all right. And then, okay. um, so we practice, and then a couple of weeks go by because we, we were, we'd plan this out maybe like a month and a half in advance. Come together again, practice it. Like, I think that was fine. I think we moved the verses around a little bit, but more or less we got it. Okay. And then practice it one more time at tech rehearsal, uh, during the, on, on stage with the sound crew, uh, you know, they're getting the, the sound ready and they're all the amps and everything plugged in. And so we're playing it on stage to an audience of nobody feeling comfortable on stage. feel like we did a pretty good job. Cool. All right. Come, come show day. We get on stage. Uh, it's our turn on the set. The lights go down. Spotlight hits us. I start playing and I, I look at the guy in his eyes and as we're playing, I could tell in his eyes, he's, he has no idea what the words are. 
for the song <laughs> we're supposed to sing. And I said, oh no. And he just starts riffing and he just starts making up the words on making the spot. Making up the words. Making up the words of on the spot. Of a Bruce Springsteen song. Bruce Springsteen song. I think that's... And then he starts going another... And then I have to follow him with the chords. And so by the end of it, I'm like, I don't know where we are or what's going on. <laughs> I just hope we can land this plane. And uh, and he kind of... He's saying something. I don't know. He's singing about his life or something. But it actually sounded about his life. <laughs> it actually sounded kind of cool, and I was like, "We kind of made up a neat you, song." Blaspheming Bruce Springsteen yeah. was cool to you. I, you lost me because you blasphemed Bruce. I, Springsteen. I did a little bit. I did, and it became our song. So I guess it, it sort of taught because that was a performance. Um, but it, it sort of and people seemed to How like it. How did you it. feel after that? Afterwards, I felt huge relief when people applauded. And we came off the stage. So, and do you got think those it. people were like the Pied Piper story? Like they were just following you guys into the into the river and dying? Did it show their ignorance of the Springsteen? Yeah, the boss? apparently. I'm like, there's no boss fans out there right now. So, Otherwise, so we'd be crucified. Afterwards, you felt relieved. So, so I, there's a lesson in this. There I is. Think. I need help finding. Le- I mean, I think one is that. You so know, you felt relieved after you did it. Yeah. Absolutely. So what you found out that day that failure isn't fatal. Absolutely. Yeah. And then actually, failure can sometimes lead to some something new. The you failure know? can even be success. It's in the eye of the beholder to some degree whether you're successful, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because technically people... we, we wrote a new song that night and people <laughs> yes. apparently liked it. Using Bruce Springsteen's melody. Using... <laughs> and I think he's on my phone yeah. right now going, I need a couple of ducats yeah, to right. pay for what you stole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, I'm, that's unusual for you. Actually, I know you pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think you just described in a nutshell what it means to live from the heart. Mm. Because I think as Christians, we're constantly looking and saying, well, I wasn't honest. I wasn't humble. I wasn't gentle. I've been impure. I've been unrighteous. I've been arrogant. I've been prideful. And we all have this list of things. And we are never going to come out well on that list. I've been angry. I've been irritable. Like I know for a long time, I still do this now. I keep waiting to get an A. You know, I keep going today is going to be an A day. Every day, every day I even come close to an A, I usually ruin it with the pride of feeling great about right, myself right. and thinking I'm, or self-righteousness, right? Right, right. And so I think what you learned that day is that you can make a mistake in music mm-hmm. and it's not fatal, but the key is, can you make a mistake with regard to the Bible of being a Christian and not be fatal? Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's where, I don't think I drew that lesson and applied it to my life because I mean, I did learn too, yeah, like you can forget words and you can practice all you want and it may not turn out the way that you want and exactly. that's, that's okay. Exactly. Right? So I, I did feel it. So I came away going like, hey, in future performances, like I don't have to trip as much if, if things don't go yeah. um, as they need to. Um, but sometimes I can get maybe the wrong lesson from the greatest things. I had, a, I, <laughs> I had a poster in my dorm room and it was a picture of a guy holding up a, a test, you know, and it said like, you know, D plus or C minus. And the, the slogan on the poster said, it may pay to get A's but C's get degrees. And, uh, (laughs) and so, so I think there's maybe a bit of a line there because I I can maybe lean too much into the, don't try to get A's and like literally don't aspire for anything good. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I think what it is from a spiritual point of view is if you're authentically and genuinely a C, then you shouldn't be ashamed. Yeah. But if you're, if you're stealing from God and you're not trying and it's a C, yes. then you should make a change. Yes. Right. But I think there should not be shame. And I think right. one of the most difficult things about being Christian for me, I didn't grow up, I think both of you guys grew up around churches. Yeah. I did not, right? And it was really hard for me. I, I, I see this looking back. It was really hard for me because I couldn't get my behavior to, to work well. Mm. It, you know, I think it took me 10 years of being a Christian before I even began to see 
my outward behavior sort of reflect um, uh, something to something near what I saw other people have. Cause I would see people who had grown up around churches and been around church their whole life. And it just seemed like it came so easy to them. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is you can learn the culture without having the heart and you can not know the culture, but have the heart and be in a better place. That's the story of David and Saul. Yeah. Right. Is it Saul outwardly wasn't a terrible guy, but inwardly he was super insecure and had all kinds of issues. David outwardly was just a shepherd guy, but inwardly he had this thing rolling. And I think for churches and, and organized, organized religion, one of the most difficult things for us is when we, when we, when we're trying to live according to the Bible, we end up creating this human culture. And that's what it says about human strength. We end up in creating this human culture. And it's very difficult for us to say, forgive people, let people slide, not have, not have this expectation that re- people reach perfection. Let's close this episode of our podcast down because we're really talking about part one of spiritual burnout. And we're just kind of getting ourselves, our heads around our hearts around the idea that uh, we're all going to burn out if we're trying to follow the rules right. uh, and, and we don't get that heart. And Colossians 2 and verse 20, I'll read this. Uh, and it's really a great passage about extreme behavior modification. There's behavior modification. That's just the normal kind of behavior modification where everybody's trying to perform. A lot of times what I've learned in my life personally, once you start becoming a servant in the church and you start leading other people, there becomes an additional load of burden. So when you're just walking around as a Christian, you feel like I got to behave right. I got to live right outwardly. I don't want anybody to look at me and go, I'm not getting the job done. But then you become a leader and people start looking at you and going, well, you should be the one who you know leads the way. And so there's this demand for perfection that you have internally, sometimes externally that kills. And I actually think some of you, you may be out there right now. And you may be thinking, I, I, I hate leading. I don't want to be a leader, especially I don't want to be a leader in the church. I don't want anybody looking to me. I, I, I totally feel that. I totally understand that. But I think the solution is not to run away from being leaders and servants in, in, in the church. The solution is to be able to beat this extreme behavior modification mindset, to get it out of the culture of the church where we look at people and say, you should be. And I think we can get that. You should be out. It's okay to have a vision for someone, but a demand that they be perfect or a demand that they rise to some kind of human expectation is crushing. In Colossians 2.20, since you died with Christ and were made free from the ruling spirits of the world, why do you act as if you still belong to this world by following rules like these? Don't handle this. Don't taste that. Don't taste that. Don't even touch that thing. I love those words, <laughs> phrases. Don't handle this. Don't taste that. Don't even touch that thing. Have you guys ever felt that way as a Christian? Like you feel like in your head you got this, don't handle this. Oh, yeah. Don't taste that. Don't even touch that thing. Right. Yeah. Have you felt yeah, that? Yeah. Have you felt, like literally like, put, down the, put down the drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true for you, Mike. Um, <laughs> these rules refer to earthly things that are gone as soon as they're used. They are only human commands and teachings. I taught teenagers uh, at a camp this summer, and I said, uh, can you guys list for me the church rules? <laughs> and it was really wild to watch them raise their hand oh, wow. and list off all these rules that are implied rules in the church, hmm. but they're not actually in the Bible. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them revolved around dating. Yeah, <laughs> and there were these right. implied rules, you know, they seem to be wise, but they are only part of a human religion. They, they make people pretend not to be proud and make them punish their bodies, but they do not really control the evil desires of the sinful self. When you, when you look at that passage, Nick, and you kind of ingest it, can you make a connection with what we're kind of talking about with regard to extreme behavior modification? 
Can you the extreme part? Do you see anything there? Um, the the thing I was, I don't know. I was more so thinking about the human religion thing. Oh, um, go for it! I like that. Uh, uh, it's against the rules, dude. <laughs> but I, I was I was thinking script. like I. I can think, okay, if I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying. If other people are doing that or if they're coming to church, then everything's all all good. Yes. Um, and But you could do all those things and ha- have tons of pride, like it says there. Um, you could even be with, with, withholding a bunch of stuff from, from yourself. I can look to the dutiful church things. You're allowed to give someone a side hug. You can't give someone a full hug. <laughs> you... Uh, you, if you read your Bible, you pray, and you're at church. You're doing great, regardless of actually how you're really living or you what's really going on the inside. On the side. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but if you're going to church, you're good. I think those are right. those those rules. Um, but uh, they don't control the, those evil desires. So, would you say that it's possible that someone who 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 never misses a church service could be doing worse spiritually than someone who misses church services? You definitely more than possible. I think that is, that's, that's what's going on. That would go, that's what goes Especially on. Especially since you missed church last night. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> Don't think we didn't miss that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the the challenges with modern day, or not maybe not even modern day, just Christianity in general. You got like two billion people in the world calling themselves some form of Christian, but uh, obviously, if two billion people. Or half that, or or a quarter of that, we're live actually living what Jesus said. It'd be very very different world we're living in. Well, I I think if uh, if everybody actually started to do what the Bible says, I think we'd be frightened. Here's why: the Bible leaves a lot more room for grace than we understand. Hmm. And if you look at Romans six, and it talks about Paul says, you know, should we go on sinning all the more so that grace will increase? Right. He was basically, I think, giving us a context that they had gotten to the point in that church where people felt comfortable doing whatever because they thought, well, God's grace covers everything. Mm. There's a lesson, and that is that there should be a culture. We should not be afraid of reaching the point where we say, okay, maybe someone's going to break our cultural rules, because I think a lot of Christianity doesn't understand, and I include myself in this. I, I came along, and I started. I became a Christian like in the 80s, right? And so I came into church, and, and I, I'd never been to church. So everything they did seemed right to me. And I'm not, I shouldn't say they, everything we did seemed right to me, you know? We, we were singing songs that were, you know, I was like singing these songs. I never heard of these songs before. You know, I, I was used to, you know, Rick James and, and stuff like that. And you can go look up, you know, funk music. And then I had the Billy Joel and the Michael Jackson and the Bee Gees. And, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and then I, I didn't like Bruce Springsteen, but I started to like Bruce Springsteen, the Ramones and punk rock. I had all these songs in my head. Then I go to church and you're singing these songs that don't. I mean, there. when you look at the little page, it says 1653. <laughs> yeah. It was written. Right. And I just went, oh. When you're spiritual, you sing these songs. Mm, right. And when you're unspiritual, you're singing those songs. And that just was an implied cultural rule because when people get, you know, would come in my dorm room, Christian people would come in my dorm room and hear the music I was playing, they would be like, don't you hear the lyrics in that music you're listening to? And I just never, it just never occurred to me. I was <laughs> got like, a good I, beat. I, I, it's, it's not like I was, it's not like I was really meditating on that word that the guys sing. But I think what happened to me is I, I, I flipped around and started thinking, okay, I, I can't go to any music, any concerts of any groups. I remember someone asked me to go to a Spinner's concert once and I was like, I can't go. Why? Uh, it's unspiritual. Someone said, well, you want to go see this movie? I go, what is it rated? It said R. Like, I can't go. And, and what happened is I was doing all that, but I was modifying my behavior and I was doing it not 
because the Bible said I needed to do it, but because that was how I got approval within the church culture I was in. I mm. got a, I got approval and a stamp of you're doing a great job. You're being spiritual now. And people would even start going, man, you've become so spiritual. They didn't know what I was doing in my prayer life. and right. It wasn't much. They didn't know what I was doing and reading my Bible. And it wasn't much. What it was, was that my, my life was starting to get modified to fit into a Christian behavior where it never had been before. When I first showed up on the, on the docks, it was bad. And so one of the things I want everybody to understand is if you're out there and you're really tired, maybe you're like, I, can't, I just can't do this church thing anymore. I can't do this Bible thing anymore. I can't do this praying thing anymore. I've been trying to act a certain way. I got a lot of feelings inside of me that aren't so pleasant. I got a lot of thoughts inside of me that aren't so pleasant. And you're thinking, I'm just going to bag it and get relief. Been there, thought that, felt that. This podcast and the next couple that we're going to deliver to you are about getting out of that situation. And we're going to talk a lot in the next couple of podcasts, and they'll be probably a little shorter than this this episode, just a lot about how to get out of that burnout mode, how to get out of that terrible feeling of performance guilt where you never feel like you're successful, how to get out of that sense of when I walk into my particular church, I always feel terrible about myself, and I feel the need to smile when I'm actually sad. I feel the need to be excited when I'm actually not. We're going to get you out of that as best we can. Now, I don't know if it'll be successful if you do it. Listen to the podcast only once. You're going to have to read your Bible on your own. You're going to have to pray on your own. You have to talk to your friends. But we'll be back in our next episode. We hope this one has helped you achieve some form of freedom and at least be able to identify, man, I've got myself an extreme behavior modification. I got to get spiritual enough to focus on my heart and making a transformation. 